Hello and good day, beautiful, amazing, wonderful podcast family. What a privilege and honor to be with you again. I hope that wherever you are in the world, you're doing fantastic. We have got another amazing episode for you. We have a a panel of guests on. We have Dr. Vincent Fortinace, Dr. William Sears, and Hayden Sears on, and we are talking about the science of growing a healthy brain, beating Alzheimer's, ADHD, and more. These guys are experts in the field of neurology, brain science, and we talk about a lot of very important things right now, especially with all that's going on in the world. We talk about the DEER method, why sleep is important, understanding Alzheimer's, the importance of movement, uh, pills and skills, the helper's high. We talk about the rule of twos, uh, grazing and gorging, uh, why routines are essential, isometrics, and so much more. This is a great combination of science and and the background in neurology and why and also practical how-to. So this is an amazing episode. I hope that you enjoy it. Please do what you can to get the word out there because censorship is real. Um, You can't talk about COVID and not get... uh, not get dinged right now and unfortunately i do because i'm curious about what's going on and so if you want to support the show please leave a review in itunes share it with your friends um, become a patron go to patreon.com forward slash matt belair toss anything you can in the bucket it really helps and goes a very long way and if you want to go the extra mile for those of you who want a step-by-step master system for overcoming self-sabotage strengthening your connection with spirit and designing and living the life of your dreams check out the absolutely amazing soul compass course that is free with the academy this course i designed and put in 21 lessons that distill years of my own research with the wisdom of over 350 worldwide experts in spirituality consciousness personal development to help you apply the techniques quickly and easily to your life to experience incredible transformation whether you're new to the journey or whether you're a master this is a fantastic course and you're going to love it it is free with the academy as of now so go to uh click on the academy it's going to take you over there where you can get access to the soul compass course it's going to transform the way you think and live when you go through these 21 lessons and i highly recommend everyone go through it because i've been getting some amazing feedback and would love to hear how you develop your own connection to spirit because it's so important that we connect to our own innate god-given intelligence to design and navigate our lives so we can create a life of meaning purpose Uh, passion, contribution, and success in our chosen field in the way that we want to express. And for those of you who want to go the extra step and you want to work one-on-one to build your dreams and you want to really learn the secrets and pick my brain and, and learn the tools that I've given to pro athletes, extreme sports athletes, CEOs, and and how I help people who really are looking to be the best of the best to get the edge at the highest level, hit me up because the only difference between somebody who has achieved a great deal of success already and is, is moving through what their passion and what their success is and someone who hasn't started yet is they just haven't got clear in that vision and that takes about a month of time going through a specific process that always works and once you get there then you begin applying these techniques and you actually achieve that success much faster and if you're already at that level of success and you add these um, little tools 
you know that a little change can make a massive difference. And so if you're interested in the, on the one-on-one, hit me up, mattbelair.com forward slash coaching. Would love to work with you. And let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Oh, well, and the best thing you can do to support the show is three kind acts wherever you are in the world today. Please do three kind acts, support a positive vibe, and uh, let's make this planet something that we all want to live in together. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Let's come into a state of peace and coherence. Wherever you are in the world, just stop what you're doing. Take in a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath and let it out slowly, filling every cell, every muscle, and every fiber of your being with peace, joy, contentment, enthusiasm, curiosity, strength, courage, and ready to take on this amazing episode. Hello and welcome to the Mastermind, Body, and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today, we have three amazing guests for you. Our first guest, Dr. William Sears, has been advising busy parents on how to raise healthier families for over 40 years. Together with his wife, Martha, he has written more than 40 books and countless articles on parenting, nutrition, and healthy aging. He serves as a consultant for TV, magazines, and other media. Our second guest, Dr. Vincent Fortenace, is one of the best medical specialists in North America, and for nearly 40 years, he has helped thousands as a world-renowned neurologist and rehabilitation specialist. He has appeared as a medical expert on 60 Minutes, Today, Dr. Phil, Dateline, CNN, and many others. Finally, we have Hayden Sears, who is a certified health coach and wellness uh, at the Dr. Sears Wellness Institute. She is an author, mother of three, and she works as a health coach. They are the authors of the new book, (laughs) The Healthy Brain, an all-ages guide to a calmer, happier, sharper you. Welcome to the show, Dr. William Sears, Dr. William Fortenace, and Hayden Sears. Hi. Thank you. Thank you. It's great. It's great to ha- have you guys here. You're authors of this new book that uh, was sent to me. It looks amazing, but I understand that you guys have a very long history in this field. Um, a lot of um, personal history in a big family of eight, which uh, is very interesting. So um, why don't I just go around and welcome each of you and just uh, share a little bit about your background and we'll dive into the book and your work and everything that you guys have going on. So why don't we start, start with you, Dr. Bill? Well, hi, Matt, and thank you so much. You know, uh, this book was written on the job during our eight children, 15 grandchildren, great-grandchildren. And the, the reason that it's so timely is that mental unwellness has now reached epidemic proportions, point number one. But even worse, it's occurring more and more severely at younger ages. I'm seeing depression and anxiety in seven-year-olds. See, so, um, you know, every, every year doctors vote on what is the sickest organ, and the heart always wins or, or loses. A couple of years ago, for the first time in American history, brain illnesses are now more severe and more frequent than heart illnesses. So the brain is now sicker in the heart. So this is why our book was timely. But not only that, we realized we wanted to make it different. That so many books tire out the brain. 
you get brain fog just by reading it. Small print, saying too much, long words. So our goal very simply was every page needed to leave the reader with a smile on their face. If you smile, laugh, sometimes cry, your brain opens up and you remember what you read or what you see on the page. So that's our book in a nutshell. Amazing. Thanks. I, uh, I didn't know that about uh, the brain health. I knew mental health was an issue, but I didn't realize that, that uh, it was that massive. I appreciate that. Mm -hmm. um, Hayden, do you want to introduce yourself? Yes. Hi. Uh, my name is Hayden Sears. Like Matt said, I'm a certified health coach with the Dr. Sears Wellness Institute. Um, I'm a mother of three. Um, my youngest son is 10 and then I have two teenage daughters. So I'm sure we'll, we'll get into that a bit later because I know there's probably tons of parents home right now with teenagers and it's, it's a, providing some extra fun that we can discuss. Um, I get to work with my parents, Dr. Dr. Bill's my dad, and um, so I'm one of the eight Sears children. And I really have been able to glean from him and my mom throughout my life, many of the things we're gonna discuss today, and then incorporate them in my own life as, a, you know, as I became an adult and then a mom for myself. So I really learned from my parents and then in my own self-study, um, ways that I can help myself and my, my friends and those around me and then their children. So I really specialize in women and children health. That's really my heart and my passion um, to help women and children just really thrive in their daily life and then thinking long-term prevention and how I can really inspire them and coach them to live vibrantly and live in a way that's going to um, bring meaning and happiness to their life. And, you know, we, I love I loved working with my dad and Dr. Vince because you know they're literally some of the smartest people in the world. <laughs> I mean, if you guys, my dad doesn't like talking himself about himself. Matt, do you notice how he skipped over your question about himself and went right to yep. the book? <laughs> you guys, my dad is brilliant. He really is. I mean, he's been in pediatrics for over fifty years, and he has this brilliant way of taking these these complex concepts of the brain and communicating that to parents and children in a way that they're going to resonate with them but they can also remember and take home and implement so being able to be around and write with my dad in that way and then dr vince and as a neurologist and all that he brings to the table it's just been um, a brilliant part of my journey and the fact that the three of us get to come together and write this book with all of our different strengths um, has been really fantastic. Um, but, but yeah, and then we, we kind of take you on a journey that we've been on and we're still on. So a lot of these things we're gonna talk about is stuff we still struggle with. And so we're on this journey with other people. And, um, and so it's, it's really great to be able to talk about this with you guys today. Amazing. Well, welcome to the show. And yeah, uh, Dr. Bill kind of, you know, glossed <laughs> over that a little bit, but it's, it's good that he made the point that it is, it is understandable. You know, we want to have practical takeaways and I think that's important. So I'm, I'm grateful. That's how you guys are, are steering, um, sharing the message of, of what you guys are doing. So, uh, Dr. Vince, welcome to the Hi. show. <laughs> Thank you very much. Matt. Um, well, you know, my background really starts, uh, uh, back when I was six years old, uh, when I decided that I was going to become a priest, you know, because I thought God had all the answers. And so I went into 
uh, medical school, you know, pre-med, et cetera, got out, uh, did a full psychiatric residency at Yale. And at the end of the residency, I realized that, uh, you know, gee, uh, Freud didn't have all the answers. I thought that God didn't have the answers. And I realized that Freud didn't have the answer. So I said, let me get into hard science. Science must have the answer. So I became a neurologist. And after I finished my, uh, my residency at USC, uh, I realized that God had all the answers. <laughs> it was really true uh, that you know, we are in, in our life uh, trying to do the best that we can. But without a guide, without principles, we're lost. And uh, what really got me into neurology and especially Alzheimer's disease was a story, a very sad story I had with my mom. One night, about three o'clock, actually it was exactly 3.03 because the uh, clock was right in front of me. I hear a call and it's my mother calling from New York. And uh, she says, I I'm having trouble with dad. And I hear my father in the background, the dad, always been a very calm, loving individual. Uh, I, I can't think of anything that he did. He was really the peacemaker for the whole Italian family. And uh, I heard him in the background yelling, where's Rose? That's my mom's name. Where is she? You're not, her. you're not her, you're an imposter. And then my mother just broke down in tears. And I said, let me speak to dad. And he got on the phone and I said, dad, uh, this is Vin. He says, oh, hi, Vin, how are you doing? How come you're calling at this time? You know, completely forgetting about what he was yelling about 10 seconds before. And so it calmed him down, but it made me realize that this is an event that's occurring over and over again. And many people ask me, who suffers most in Alzheimer's disease? Is it the patient? No, it's really the family. And that's one of the reasons why we wrote this book, because the families have to know how they can cope. Also, anyone who has an individual, a mother or father, an aunt, an uncle, either a sister or brother, who has the disease, worries, are they going to get it next? And what can they do in order to prevent this? And that's why Bill and I, uh, we wrote this book. Holy smokes. Well, you're, it's a very powerful story and a very inquisitive person that goes down all the rabbit holes. You know, when I look at the chapters of your book, there's a lot of great things in there. Chapter one is growing your brain garden. Two is eat super smart foods, medicines for your mind. Um, three talks about gut health, your second brain. Uh, you've got movement, stress busters, sleeping smart. Um, and then you go into how to heal from anxiety and depression. And I think all of it's relevant. So because there's so much there, I'm just curious if one of you would like to open up a, what do you think the most important thing to discuss is maybe uh, something we're doing that we shouldn't be doing or something that we can do to improve our brain health, whether it's the child who's seven years old. Now you say having depression and anxiety, and that's rampant among teenagers and rampant among pretty much all of society right now. So what do you guys feel is the most important topic to cover first? Well, uh, what I think is I use what we call the DEER method. And the DEER stands for D is diet. And Bill could really talk about that. He's really an expert on this. Uh, the E stands for exercise, knowing the correct types of exercises to do that really build 
uh, the growth of the brain. A is, stands for accentuating the brain's reserve, and that is sort of neurobics, how to build the mind by various different methods, especially interacting with other people. Uh, and R stands for rest and relaxation, or primarily sleep and stress management. And what I would really like to begin with is for anything that would be important is probably sleep, especially in a young generation who are on the computer in the middle of the night, uh, do not get the uh, four stages of sleep that they can, and don't recognize what pure sleep does to the brain. How it nurtures the brain is necessary for the neurotransmitters in order to think correctly and also matures the brain. It's sort of like, you know, a person eating all fatty foods and wondering how they get, they're going to make it to 70. Well, anybody who looks at them says no. And I have to say, when I see what kids are doing in the middle of the night with their computers, and it's always not very nice things, um, I realize what's happening to their brains and they don't realize it. And I see it more and more as young kids will come in with their parents and you know, they're bent over, they're the already uh, from looking down at their cell phone, they've already developed a hump in their back, which you usually don't see until you're 70 or 80. And Bill, what, what do you think? Text neck. These kids are coming in, again, they're bent over like, text neck, text neck. You know, go outside, say hi to the sky. So what I tell them in my practice, it says, for every minute you spent like this, you need to be up and outside, say hi to the sky. And Vince, you, you mentioned sleep. And I want to second that as a, an important brain health uh, tool. And the reason is, let me take, you, take our uh, viewers and listeners into the brain for a minute. When you go into your bedroom and you lay down to sleep, you're going into your own personal detox center. I'm going into detox. And here's what happens to the brain. You have trillions of cells called glia, G-L-I-A, glia cells. Glia cells are the garbage collectors of the brain. So when you fall asleep, those garbage collectors come out and clear up all the junk that went into your brain during the, during the day. Ah, secondly, the rivers of your brain called the lymphatic system, the fluid in the brain, just picture your brain as having all these rivers. During sleep, the rivers widen. So the glia cells have wider rivers to dump the garbage in. And so you wake up in, uh, having detoxified. So people don't realize that sleep is not a waste of time. It's a time in which your brain detoxes and your brain grows. You make brain growth fertilizer while you sleep. Wow, we're growing our brain garden while we sleep. Uh, what you're saying is so true. We have what we call a harmonic uh, symphony in our brain. And on one side, we have these uh, neurotransmitters which activate you, like noradrenaline. Everybody heard, I got a rush of adrenaline. And on the other side, we have our resting or calming hormones, uh, like dopamine, serotonin, uh, which cause us to feel good, feel calm, uh, 
give us the appropriate amount of sleep. And when these are in balance, then we feel good. And so much of what we, Bill and I, do are trying to bring people into this symphonic uh, means of balance. And, and Vince also mentioned a magic word, movement. What is it about movement for the brain? And very simply, there's, there's a real deep medical principle, Matt, and that is every organ is only as good as the blood flow to it. Makes sense. If your brain's the greatest garden ever grown, what do you need to grow a garden? You need to feed, fertilize it, and irrigate it and keep the weeds out. So when you move, remember Dr. Mom telling us uh, when we've had a bad day, go outside and play, right? Go outside and play. That was her. Movement, movement not only mobilizes your immune system, which we all need right, right now to fighting all this COVID stuff, but movement creates better blood flow to your brain. So just imagine you're out running or walking real fast or just are dancing, any brisk movement. Think, I'm growing my brain garden. Yeah. Bill, to uh, me to add on to oh. that. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, Bill, to add on to that. Um, the American Academy of Neurology uh, has clearly shown that individuals who exercise a half hour to 45 minutes, five days a week, have a brain capacity, and that is size of what we call the hippocampus. This is the real thinking part of our brain. This is the one that makes the decisions. This is the one that really uh, goes to every part of the brain to tell us what to do. Will increase by 20%. In fact, people who are watching TV all the time, uh, you know, the people who don't get exercise, uh, don't uh, communicate with other individuals on a daily basis their brain in this hippocampal area decreases by 20%. And these people could be in their 30s and 40s. And when you reduce it to that, this is one of the reasons why we're seeing uh, Alzheimer's disease at an earlier and earlier stage, as Bill said, Dr. Bill said. And um, the, the reason is mainly the fact that the kids bring their computer to bed with them, Parents don't realize that essential is to take computers from kids. There is no computer time after nine o'clock. And it is because of the computers that the kids are up all night and they're talking with other friends. And you know, and boys will be boys, girls will be girls. And some of the information that they're really sharing is really not healthy, not only for their brain, but for their morality. And, you know, people who keep on to their morality, who have a belief, who do good by others. And that is, you know, an essential part is that, you know, having a life that's purposeful, a life that, you know, adds to other people, that helps other people. It's one of the reasons why Bill and I, you know, love being doctors. You know, we do, we do this every day. I mean, how can you have a happier life than that? Well, those are really great points. And now what I'm curious about is I'll go to Hayden because, you know, you've got a family of your own now. You've got three kids. You grew up in a big, big house and things have changed very rapidly in our world, right? That's why kids are coming in and they're staring at the screens. Um, we don't even know what that effect will be in 40 years or 50 years or 60 years. We're seeing it in adults now. And so 
with learning from these two gentlemen, how do you kind of bring that into practice with uh, your children or other children that you see coming in or with the adults to help, um, you know, help with their sleep or health or, or basically take their recommendations and knowledge and make it practical for everyday living? Well, it takes a lot of practice. I, I think the three of us, my mom and dad and I and Dr. Vince have a lot of great conversations because like you said, as a parent and a woman, I'm having to navigate things <clears throat> that weren't even around <laughs> when, when my dad was a, had to parent me. So, you know, they say, just don't have this, don't let your kids take their cell phones into their room after nine o'clock. You know, let's just take that as an example. And it sounds super easy, super simple, right? Okay, we'll just, my kids can't take their cell phones or they go off at nine o'clock at night. But you try enforcing that with a 13 year old and 17 year old, and then you have a battle. So it really is something that parents are having a very hard time navigating because it's a boundary that we're just trying to establish. What is the normal? What's appropriate? Um, what, what is their responsibility? How much do I want to teach them to control themselves? And how much do I have to initiate control? So it's a very ambiguous boundary that I'm still trying to navigate myself. But I think a couple things that I like to do to keep at the forefront of my mind and coach the people around me to do the same thing is to remember, it's okay to say no. <laughs> it's okay to have that boundary. Um, and like with my 13 year old, she just now got a phone. She turned 13 and she just got a phone. And I had to say no to her when she was 10, 11, 12, because a lot of her friends around her were getting phones. But for, for me and our family, we decided that 13 was the age and that's just what we're going to do. And we got complaining, we got this and that, but when we discuss our value system within our family and our, our children are part of that, and we say, well, this is how we do it in our family. This is how we speak to one another. This is how we dress. This is the things we listen to. This is the things we watch. You know, these are the things we say no to. We say no to unhealthy food um, all the time. We say no to unhealthy thoughts. We say no to unhealthy music. Um, we say mm. no to unhealthy habits. And that includes mm. having your phone in your room late at night. So um, I had to give myself permission to set those boundaries. Yeah. And Sometimes I have to do it out loud and reach out to a friend or, or somebody to say, hey, can you like help me hold this boundary because I'm getting some pushback. Yeah. But I need to give myself confidence as a mom um, that this is a healthy boundary for my kids and actually establishing that now as teenagers and, and young brains that are, that are still growing, they'll be able to better do that for themselves when they are a young adult. Yeah. Because I know that there's, there's that age range now people in their <clears throat> 20s that did grow up with cell phones, they have an addiction problem. We have a, a, a device addiction problem. Yeah, um, and you know, my kids will have that problem. And while they're in my home, it's really the only time I have control over them. Like I can literally go and turn off their cell phones if I want. Like I have that control. And not only is it okay for me to do that, but it's part of my job as a parent. Yeah. So this virtual world that seems ambiguous to parents that we're not sure how much we control while our kids are under 18 or in our home, we have full control over it. We can say, nope, we don't do that in our house and it's okay. So I found my role as a woman, mom, health coach is sometimes I just have to give parents permission that yes, you can turn off that cell phone. 
yes, you can say no to buying that soda. Yes, you don't have to go through that drive-through. Like you get to put forth these boundaries, these expectations, these um, really these life tools you're teaching your kids. Um, but give yourself permission to do so. Yeah, and, and no, Hayden, uh, you can imagine how I feel as a dad hearing Hayden talk. But I had a patient the other day come in about, about the subject of, of well, certain, you know, turn off the uh, cell phones. And the patient, the mom said to me, it's a good mom, mom said to me, I just want to be cool. I just want to be cool. And I looked at her and I said, your job is not to be cool. Your job is to be a parent. And she said, oh, never thought of it. Your job is not to be cool. Thank you, Hayden. <laughs> yeah. well, uh, go ahead, Hayden. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's hard. It's hard, but, you know, um, I'm just, it's hilarious, honestly, Matt. It's really funny being this position because I'm in my early 40s, you know, I'm teenagers, and then my dad, you know, my parents are in, in that stage of life. So I'm like right there in the middle where I still acutely remember being a teenager and thinking, but I know better. You know, they, yeah. they don't know if they truly knew what I was going through, they'd say yes. Like, I remember that. But now I'm that parent having these conversations with my children. So I'm like in this place where I, I fully understand where they're coming from, but I fully know that that uh, what I'm saying is right. So it's, it's beautiful. And I love having, um, I think that's one of the great things about this book is that now you have data. I think you know, people have different brains and accept information differently. I know Dr. Vince or my dad, they're all about the science, show me the science, which is fantastic. I'm more of an emotional learner. So um, I love that this book gives you data and details and science and it's, it's driven by that. But it also has this emotional component that tells you why we wanna do things, the value behind it, the morality behind it, um, what it's gonna bring to your life when you incorporate these scientific tools. So I love having kind of both of those, um, I think equally important aspects to really drive home these habits that we're wanting to establish both in our teenagers and as young adults, and as you know, in people in their later part of life, these are all things that we're wanting to do together, but we need that scientific data along with the emotional pull and that, that, um, that reason behind it to, to really drive it home. Yeah, and I think really to understand uh, the seriousness of the Alzheimer's uh, epidemic, I will put it, uh, is to try to realize that approximately 80% of the people in the United States know someone who has the disease, either a family member or someone else that they know. Uh, we estimate that approximately 40% of the baby boomers, of which there are 75 million, will develop this disease. And I uh, uh, estimate that it'll be over that in the individuals who now are one to 25, primarily because of their lifestyle, their lack of sleep, their lack of good diet, and their lack of exercise. So uh, it's so important for us yeah. to, you know, to be able to say no to our children. And one yes. of the things I loved about what Hayden said was that, yeah, you have to be the parent. And there are many parents who think, well, really, I don't think they think. I think what really happens is that they're so busy with their work. Mm -hmm. They're so busy making a living. They're so busy uh, supplying things 
to their, their children that they forget that they have to set an example for their children. And that example is what's going to carry them through the life. And one of the things that we've often talked about, Bill and I, is that, um, and Hayden, um, that Alzheimer's begins in childhood. Yes. So if you let your children go to sleep at any time they want, when they're three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, and so on, if you let them eat anything they want, uh, and you let them read and watch TV and not have significant uh, um, principles for which they're supposed to live by. And I often say that, hey, you should sit down with your children, say, hey, what are the rules of the house? And not say that, hey, what are the rules you want to be in for the house? It's you can open it up that they could give their two cents, but you're the ones who, uh, who does it. And then make them write it down and put it on the refrigerator. So when they deviate from this, you say, go to the refrigerator and look. Absolutely, as I mentioned earlier, a parent's job is to be right, not to be cool. But let me ask you, Vince, you mentioned that Alzheimer's is one of the, is the most serious illness in America right now and around the world. Is it correct if I were to say Alzheimer's is the most preventable disease we have? And this, yeah, without a doubt, Bill, and of course, you know, you know that this is the reason why we've written the book, yeah. because it is preventable. First, we establish what, what it really is. Mm -hmm. um, and most people don't know that the people who suffer the most really are not so much the patient, but the families that are associated with it. And so this is a nice guideline for them to be able to pick up a book and say, okay, this is what I have to do for mom. This is what I have to do for dad. This is what I could expect. Uh, this is what I can do in order to prevent it happening to me. Because most of the patients who bring in their uh, father or their mother, and I could always tell what, what the, the diagnosis is because I'll see the mother or father sit down, eyes, gla uh, eyes glazed, I should say, and, um, uh, and with their sister, their, I should say their daughters or their sons there. Right away, I know that they're concerned about mom, or they're concerned about dad, and, uh, and they're concerned about themselves, themselves actually developing the disease. Holy, well, it's a, it sounds like really a, a heavy and, and terrible experience to go through, and it's pretty wild how prevalent and relevant it is in our society, and it's a great point to understand that it is the families that suffer. When I look at the chapters of your book and knowing that you guys have gone really deep into the research, into the data and the science, when I, when I read it, it looks like that the solutions are not that complicated, um, but sometimes hard to do, right? Like, you know, maybe we should go for the broccoli, um, but we grab some chicken wings or some fried food instead. <laughs> and I've had guests on the show, um, many guests that have um, successfully I don't know. You're not supposed to use the word cured, but I don't know how else to say it. Like they're, they're cancer free and they did it the same way. They did it through clean food, um, understanding what you're putting in, in your diet and what you're putting in your body. Cause we're not really taught that these are things that are not public knowledge, especially in America. I remember recently somebody was telling me like, uh, or I read an article that America is on the forefront of so many things 
um, technology, science, and medicine. So why are you one of the sickest countries? You know, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And that's when they go into the health, the healthcare and things like that and educating on food. And my yammering is to get to the point of, can you guys talk about some of the important solutions? Are the solutions um, basically simple but harder to apply at sometimes around clean food movement, um, decreasing stress and good sleep? Because a lot of people will feel like it's something magical, but it, it usually feels like it's simple uh, routine. And I'm wondering if you guys can speak on that. Yeah, well, I think that that's one of the reasons why Bill and I uh, wrote this book, uh, to be able to give people a clear guideline. You know, Bill is just an expert in making the complicated simple. I mean, if I would have wrote this book alone, no one would pick it up. It, you know, it would be so, you know, it's all neurotransmitters, and et cetera, et cetera. Bill looked at the book and, you know, he rewrote it. And I said, oh, this is too simple. All of a sudden I looked at it and said, oh my gosh, I could actually understand what he's saying. <laughs> and actually my wife was the one who told me. She said, I didn't want to tell you, Vin, but you were really bad. <laughs> Good thing you have Bill around. <laughs> uh, thank, thank you, Vince. And, and because uh, what Vince mentioned, Matt, is we, we call it uh, Hayden to, we call it the helper's high. The helper's high is a phrase we use that you feel good by doing good. And I, we've just seen patients in our practice who've done the plan we recommend in the book. They feel it within a few weeks. The brain doesn't change overnight, but you're going to feel it in a few weeks. And then you feel it, then you become passionate and you want to share it. So you read it and learn it, you feel it, and then you share it. And then you feel good by sharing with another person. And it just keeps going and going. So it, it really, especially, I, I think the, the quickest effect, the quickest change, you would admit, one simple, one simple change, in my experience, is moving more. Movement. Really, if, if you, we call it the, the pills and skills, that's, that's a, another big topic in our book, that today's parents, patients at all ages are taking a lot of pills for the brain, which often help, but they're not enough. You need the skills, the self-help skills. So when a patient comes into Vince and my office and into Hayden's coaching a, a, a program, they'll say, I'm going to you're already taking something, but it's not only what you take, it's what you do. So we're going to teach you how to make your own medicines. We want you to be a medicine maker mm -hmm. in addition to a medicine taker. And sometimes a medicine maker means you don't have to take as many medicines. So that's one of the, the goals of our book, pills and skills skills before pills, but never pills only. Mm, that's fantastic yeah. advice. And I'm glad you said that. Um, we lost, I know he's uh, Dr. Will's in your house or is it Dr. Bill? He's in your house somewhere. Um, yeah. Let me know if he comes back in. Cause he dropped off the drop. Oh, off Dr. The, Vince. Uh, Dr. Dr. Vince. Vince yeah. Up. Dr. Vince. Sorry. Oh, um, so if he pops okay. back in, I'll, I'll make sure he gets in. But Hayden, did you want to add on to that? 
Yeah, I think I think what you were saying, Matt. I heard you say is, um, you know, in our book, we we have a lot of the things that that we know we've known for so long are good for us: diet, movement, sleep, you know, exercise, all those things. Um, and I, you're like saying, is it really that simple? I think people are looking for that magic pill, or or I have to read something that I've never read before that's just going to make that difference. And um, there's a lot of really great cutting edge things in this book that I had never learned before. So it's, it's fantastic. You're going to learn things above and beyond what's been out there for years and years. However, <laughs> so much of what we do teach, it, it's foundational. It really is. It's, you know, it, it's, you have to get outside. You have to move your body. You have to eat the right stuff. You have to think the right stuff. We have to treat our bodies the way they're meant to be treated. There's no magic pill that's going to make those realities go away. So I think um, I think that's that's a thing. I, when some people when people are stuck in in certain brain patterns with depression and anxiety specifically, it's so hard to feel like we have it within ourselves to heal that we have enough right here to live the way we want to live. And, and we really want something outside of ourselves to help us. And sometimes we need that, whether it's a pharmaceutical or a program or a friend or a therapist or something outside of us to, to, to help us along. Um, and that's great. And we offer a lot of those suggestions and tools, but like my dad was saying, really we want to empower people to know that everybody has everything they need within themselves to heal, the, heal their bodies and to live a vibrant life. However, with our current culture and the way we treat our bodies, most people are not taught how to do that. So um, that's what really the book does. It, it really step-by-step step goes through that. Um, and you know, we talked a lot about saying no, you know, no to these foods, no to this, no to that. But really, I don't like, honestly, I don't like going it from the angle of no, I like, coming at it from the angle of yes. Because by saying no to some of these things, what I'm really truly saying is yes to my children, yes to myself. So yes, I might be saying, no, we're not gonna get soda, but that means I'm saying yes to having a really fun evening without a sugar crash. I'm saying yes to not getting, not being exposed to all those germs that, you know, when, when, our, when we drink that soda, our cells, uh, the soda, it's like our, the soda takes away the um, force field around ourselves that keep it from getting sick. So, you know, I teach my son, he's 10, you know, I said, hey, would Luke Skywalker go into battle without his force field around a spaceship? You know, would, would Luke go into battle without his force field around him, without his lightsaber, without his protection? No, so I don't want you going out into the world without your cells protected from getting sick. So I speak to him in that way. But by saying, no, we're not going to do soda, I'm saying yes to him, both today for his vibrancy of today and also for his future. I'm saying yes to his brain health, yes to his long-term health. And that kind of starts with me and my mentality. So when I tell myself, no, I'm not going to stay up longer and watch one more Netflix show, I'm going to go to bed. I'm saying, yeah, I might be saying no, and it might feel bad in that moment or like I'm depriving myself, but really I'm saying yes to a happy tomorrow because I'm going to get a better night's sleep. I'm saying yes, that I get to be a, a more present mom tomorrow morning because I'm not tired. I'm saying yes, that I'm going to wake up 
ready for the day instead of dreading it. But it took me saying no last night when I really wanted to watch more Netflix. So that's, that's kind of a, a real thrust that I like approaching the information in the book. While it might feel like I'm having to say no to myself a lot or no to my kids, really I'm saying yes to them in the long run. Really, we really stress in our book, Matt, is word pictures. Mm. Word pictures. The old thing, uh, a, a picture is worth a thousand words. So on that subject, for example, and it's very, very right now on strengthening our immune system to get over this whole COVID. So when I'm explaining to the kids in a word picture, and we have this in our book, is picture kids that you have a giant army inside. A giant army. See, they ask you a question about all this virus stuff. I say, okay, you have a big army inside. And those army, those soldiers look like Pac-Man, that old video game Pac-Man. All right. And you have all these soldiers inside that they just travel around and they glom onto the virus and the germ and they eat it up and you don't get sick. They just eat it up. And the kids are thinking, whoa, how do, what do I do to make my army fight better? Well, what do you do for soldiers? You feed them better, smart foods. You train them better, smart thoughts. You believe in them. So, so I, I t in my office, I love uh, teaching them about the Pac-Man effect inside their body. The better you feed your soldiers, the better they glom onto the virus. And I draw a little picture that Pac-Man comes in and it gloms onto the virus or the germ, and it shoots a biochemical bullet into the germ, and it blows it up, and you don't get sick. See, so kids love, in fact, we kids, we're just kids at heart anyway, we all love word pictures. Yeah, I think, I think all of that are really great examples. I'm thinking about like, uh, I can't remember what the quote is, but it talks about the, why we want just short-term pleasure rather than long-term gain. Yes. And when you can add the science and the why and understanding and changing to a yes, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. you know, when I was like, oh, I'm not depriving myself of a show or I'm not depriving myself of a soda, what am I mm -hmm. getting? And if we can even start very small, you know, yeah. um, it doesn't have to be everything all at once, like a super cleanse with everything under the sun, just start making a better choice, you know, at breakfast and a better choice at lunch the next week. And if you're in a really bad spot, obviously you're going to have more motivation to do the entire plan. And so I'm curious if you could um, maybe lay out a simple protocol for anybody. Like one of the questions I like to ask is like, if somebody's in the worst position and you wanted to give them a protocol to reverse it, what would that protocol look like? And then if somebody is down the line, whether it's a kid, they want to improve their diet, whether it's an adult like me, I might want to improve my sleep. I'm always looking for ways to, you know, uh, have better sleep, to have more energy, to have more clarity. Um, can you provide like a little bit of a framework that we could work with? Uh, and well, it, we have a picture. We have a picture in our book. Say you held the five keys to your brain health in the palm of your hand. Eat smart, move smart, think smart, sleep smart, and serve smart. Mm. So perhaps I'll go through a day, a day in the life of a healthy brain, and maybe to, to address the why be, behind the what, why we do it. 
you get up in the morning, you get up in the morning, and instead of reaching for your cell phone, checking your texts, going to the bad news on TV, good night, bad news, okay. You, instead, you get out of bed and you meditate. Agitate less, meditate more, mm. point number one. How you begin the day, if you start the day and you brighten your brain immediately by meditation, pick five things that you have gratitude for. Thank you for my life. And I say, thank you for my wife. In other words, the attitude of gratitude, and this has been done scientifically, Matt, it's called the grateful brain, where they've actually wired people up and say, uh, talk, think about what you have to be thankful for. And the happy center in the brain, the grateful brain, lights up. And the sad center dials down. That's, the, that's what, what is happening. That's the why of starting the day that way. And then you start the day with a healthy breakfast. Breakfast programs your brain for the day. Breakfast is like, it. we call it preloading, term preloading. It sends a message to your body. It says, hey, body, I ex this is the way I expect you to eat the rest of the day. All right, you start the day with a junk breakfast. You get a junk brain and you get a junk day. But you start the day with a smart breakfast. And then we have what we call next the rule of twos. Very simple. Eat twice as often. Eat half as much. And chew twice as long. Chew twice as long. The better you chew, the less you're going to stew. And, and, and it helps. And in fact, uh, kids, uh, if you don't mind me saying this, but kids and doctors like potty talk. <laughs> so to get kids, you know, kids are gorgers. And gorging is bad for the brain. Grazing is good for the brain. So the way I get them to remember it, I say, the better you chew, the better you poo. And they get it. And the moms will come in and say, finally, finally, they slow down. Thank you, Dr. Bill. <laughs> and then at night, you know, I'll, I'll nibble on nuts during the day grazing during the day because brain health 101 very simply is avoid spikes avoid spikes two words the brain does not like sugar spikes so when we graze or when we graze the, the brain likes steady supply of fuel not spikes and the more steady your fuel the more steady the hormones the neurohormones that vince mentioned and then at night i'll have a nice big salad with the filet of salmon on it, ah, and my brain registers like, and then I go into the sleep sanctuary. So uh, it's your personal peace recipe. And one of the things we do in our book, we take the reader through how to develop your personal peace recipe that fits your own situation. Said, and maybe a little bit of the neurology of it. Uh, people don't realize that the brain changes. And we used to think that we had a static brain. And what occurred is that every year we lived, we lost so many cells until we were on empty and then become demented, and that was it. But we found out that that's not true at all, that our brain is constantly build, uh, building new cells. In fact, the hippocampus, which is the most active part, and I said it really is the active part of the brain and most important part, 
uh, develops 4,000 new cells a day when we're in that 30s and 40s. And it decreases as we age, but it continues to build those cells. And so it's so important to recognize that when one exercises, like we, there's been a study showing that people who exercise will build up the hippocampus by 14 to 16% in volume. And so exercise is essential. And we also realize is that, for instance, if you're um, a piano player, uh, that area of the brain would controls the fingers. You know, you ever, you ever play the piano and at first it's bing, 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 bing. Before you know it, you're playing a couple of lines. You're still looking at your fingers. And after a while, you're not looking at your fingers at all. You're not thinking about what you're doing. You're automatically doing it. And the reason for that is, is that area of the brain that has to do with that function, that those fingers, has increased up to 50-fold. So you have 50 times the amount of cells you had there before. And so things become automatic. And that's one of the reasons why, when we say try to build routines, mm. that is essential because what you are doing is actually restructuring your brain to do that, that act automatically. And so you start eating well and you'll automatically go to those type of foods. You'll go outside and you'll want to exercise like myself all my life I've exercised. And even if I'm sick, I'll be taking a walk or whatever have you, or doing sit-ups or leg or, or push-ups. I mean, uh, this is just the way I was brought up. And it is essential and it is my brain that has been uh, um, made to react this way. Uh, that sort of part of my brain is really greatly enlarged. Um, so anyway, Bill or Hayden, anything to add? You know, Vince, uh, see, Vin Vince is a former Olympic weightlifter. All right. So, and he taught me this. Uh, Vince, suppose uh, Hayden or I have a type of job that we're forced to sit a lot during the day. And we have the, the new disease called the sitting disease. All right, there's actually in the doctor's dictionary now the sitting disease. So, but we, we're stuck. We have to sit a lot. Now, you mentioned a magic word I want our listeners to really pay attention to called isometrics. Could you explain to, if I have, right, right now I'm sitting, I could get a little workout while I'm sitting. Explain that, would you? Uh, what we found out, and uh, this was, of course, from my weightlifting days, uh, and uh, my uh, weightlifting coach, uh, who had won a silver medal in the Olympics, you know, taught us what we called isometrics. And that means tightening up the muscle without actually moving it. So, for instance, if one wants to really use their muscle, and actually this will increase your brain size at the same time, is scoot a little bit on, uh, out of the chair onto your legs, and then try rising from that uh, table. And maybe you all want to try to do that. And just get your backside, or maybe not even your backside, but just tightening up those legs, and you count to 10, you know, 10 through one, then you relax it. Then you go back after three or four seconds, and you do it again. And you do that six times. By the time you are through, your heart rate will go up to about 120, 130, and your muscles will become completely fatigued. And you will notice 
that within one week, you will go up with a flight of stairs, and at the top of the flight of stairs, you will not be out of breath, your muscles will not feel sore, and you are going to feel wonderful. And guess what? You've done it without moving. You've done and it through isometric exercise. We do it yeah. with our arms. I don't know if people can see, but pushing one arm into the fist into the other palm and just counting one, and each time pressing a little harder, you can see my hands starting to shake a little bit. And doing that can markedly increase not only your chest muscles, your back muscles, your triceps, your biceps, and uh, you've done a full workout and you haven't left your and, chair. Yeah, and you know, Vince, you haven't left your chair. I'm sitting in my chair right now and I'm lifting my legs about, I'm lifting my legs about three inches off the floor and I'm holding them up for about 30 or 40 seconds. And oh, wow, my heart rate goes up. So you can have a workout while sitting in your chair. Yeah, and this is very important for people who work at desks. Yeah. This is very important for mothers yeah. uh, who, you know, really don't get a chance to get outside or do any exercise. Sure. It's very important for, uh, I say, older gentlemen, you know, in their 50s and 60s and 70s uh, who are working or who are just at home. They can get a full workout in 10 minutes. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. and it's being proven uh, through MRI scans that actually show an increase in the size and the density of neurons in those specific areas that, that you're trying to exercise. So this is real science. This is yeah. uh, not just someone telling you, okay, do this type of exercise, make sure you buy my book and make, buy, make sure you buy all my supplements. And if you can, you know, why don't you throw an extra hundred bucks for me and uh, send it to me. And you know, uh, you have to know that Bill and I donate all our receipts, anything that we get to charity. We do not keep it ourselves. God has, I guess, blessed us. And now we want to try to help others. That's beautiful. Well, you guys, you guys shared a lot of amazing points. Hayden, you look like you want to jump in. You want to add to that? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm just listening. <laughs> You know, Matt, it's it's so it's such a treat to be able to be mentored by people like my dad and Dr. Vince, and um, I think what their their legacy they're leaving and they're they're promoting is just so beautiful. I think that's um, you know we have I okay I love our young people today. Sorry, I'm going to get into it <laughs> for a sec. I love love our young people today. I, I my oldest is 17 and there's, there's definitely been a rebirth. They're, they're into the environment, they're into treating their health, their bodies, what they're putting into it. They're very mindful of what they're consuming and what they're putting in their bodies. And I love seeing it. So I think, I really think that we're gonna see a lot of rebirth of, of a lot of the things that we're talking about. Um, but I, I think that the, just this this wisdom of age that Dr. Vince and my dad are are gifting us is so important, um, and it's the servant's heart that it comes from. I mean, like you know, Dr. Vince just mentioned, uh, you know, my the motivation behind um, what they're offering is so beautiful and pure, and um, I think that's what a lot of people are missing. You know, maybe in my my age group down is 
is having that meaning behind what you're doing, having that passion and that, that mission for why you're putting out certain things into the world and what you're leaving behind. So um, being able to just be mentored by these men and um, experience their mission and what they're leaving behind is really important to the younger generation to, to, to kind of harness, like I'm seeing all this passion and excitement in our younger generation, but to harness that into a mission and being able to offer it to the world in a way that's accessible, the way that's respectful. Like I can respect what you're saying, but hear and respect what I'm saying. So the way that they're um, showing us how to, to live and guide us in that way, I think is so valuable so that we can harness all this new energy and excitement of the younger generation into purpose and change. And so I think that's a really valuable part of um, this message is that it, you know, it's, it's not a dollar sign. It's, it's not even, you know, about how we look necessarily anymore. It's like, it's how we are, how we're going to operate as beings, as people in this world, how we're going to use our life. Um, it's not just about our physical brain. It's what this brain is going to allow us to do as people and what we're going to leave behind. And, and really, I think that's the essence of, of their message and of this book. Oh, that's beautiful. And I love how that you guys have added the service aspect. And, you know, when I go through the chapters and, and because I've had a, a few guests kind of overcome some really terrible circumstances and how they did it, it seemed in a way, just going back to natural living, you know, good sleep, good diet, what you put in your body, getting rid of all the crazy stresses of the mind and the things don't serve you. And then usually when people overcome something serious like cancer or a near-death experience or the loss of a job or a really traumatic experience, they go to service. And I think that if you even start there, I think if you even start from, you know, going from what can I get? How can I get stuff? How can I get more stuff? How can I get more money? To what can I give? How can I provide value? Um, even that starting point I feel if you started there, everything else in health would, would sort itself out. You would find the information you need. And it's really great that you guys have spent your lives researching this to come back to say, hey, this is like common sense in a way because we've moved to an unnatural way of living. Um, you know, the way that society works and how people just try to get by and, and live we didn't even know what we were in when we were in it, you know, turning on the TV or just going, getting the soda pops. I remember eating complete garbage when I was a kid. My parents didn't do it on purpose to hurt me. They just gave me some of the stuff and it wasn't as bad as other kids and it was better and, you know, worse than others. So, um, you know, when we know the reason why and we understand the solution for it, we can make better choices and we're going to have better experiences. And from that space, we can be of greater service. And so, I think that the way you guys are That's great. Um, doing this and, and sharing is, is really beautiful. I could talk to you guys all day about more of this, you know, about neurology and health and diving down into each um, section, but I want to honor your time and, and what you guys are doing. So do you want to share some final thoughts or anything that you wish we could discuss? And I'll happily sit here for as long as you guys <laughs> would like to share. Well, Matt, I just want to, uh, I'll, I'll summarize my biggest message that we have in a book is one word i call it preload mm. preload your body and he mentioned the young people when i give talks 
to the young people, I talk about preload your body. I'll say, what do you want to, what's your biggest fear? Losing my mind. I say, okay, preload your body right now with all these tools, how you eat, how you think, how you move, and, and, and how you serve. If you preload your body right now when you, when you have your health, then when things happen as you get older, your body says, hey, you've taken care of us. We can handle this. You are going to enjoy your golden years because you've preloaded your body and prepared yourself for it. So that's my one word take home, preload. Beautiful. So one thing oh. that I think I'd like to say before we end is a subject we didn't bring up, and that is what we call obstructive sleep apnea. And that is people who snore at night. If you're a wife, uh, if you're a husband, and you know that your husband or wife snore at night, you've increased the likelihood of getting Alzheimer's by almost 11-fold, increased the chances of getting cancer fourfold. Um, because what happens is that the storing, all right, uh, means that oxygen is really not getting to the brain like it's supposed to. Also, it disturbs your patterns of sleep, which are so important for nurturing the brain. So please make sure that if your loved one uh, snores, or like I remember my dad, my gosh, the door used to shake from his snoring. If I only knew what I know now, I could have prevented his Alzheimer's disease. Wow. Aiden. <laughs> I think what one thing I would like to say, um, maybe specifically to moms, but to anyone, is that listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. If you feel like there's something going on in your life or, or in your kids that you just know is not right, that, that needs help, um, seek it out, get the help you need. If if you're not if you're not finding it with your current um, help, uh, keep looking because um, if there's like let me give you an example. I'll tell you a story about my son because I think a lot. I think there's so many different brain you know issues or things or quirks that people have. I know I talk to a ton of parents and they give, tell me a situation about their kids. They're like, "Is that normal?" Like they just want to know. My son does this thing. Is that normal? Like, do I need to be concerned? I think that's where a lot of people try to. Like, like snoring. Some people don't know, is, is that concerning? Should I be concerned that my husband snores every night? Or, you know, I walk into my daughter's room and she's breathing with her mouth open when she sleeps. Like some things are just, they don't know if it could, if it's a concern or not, or my child acts this certain way. Is that okay? I think that if you feel like there's something wrong or there's some, something that's holding you or your children back from living the life they really could live, be curious. Don't just let it go thinking, oh, it'll, you know, it's fine, it's fine. Um, so my story is with my son. Um, he was in fourth grade, and for some reason, all of a sudden, he, he didn't like school. He would get really upset the night before each school. He was getting just really anxious, and I started seeing kind of de some depressed type stuff, and it was, it was not him. And some people were, oh, it's just his age. Oh, he'll grow out of it. But I just knew deep down, I'm like, no, there's, there's something, there's something going on. And so I got curious and I started asking him questions. Um, and it was like, oh, my teacher's just being mean. My teacher's mean. And, and I'm like, oh, I, just, I don't think that's what it is. So, um, but I kept hitting a wall. I couldn't kind of figure it out. So 
I, I met with the teacher and, and what was we figured out what was happening was he was getting in trouble in the morning at school. Um, he was like fidgeting and just doing stuff. And then he would lose his recess. So then he'd have to sit in at recess and then he'd get in trouble again after when everybody came back from recess. So, so then he was just so anxious to go to school because he knew he would get in trouble and he kept feeling like, I can't help it. Like he kept doing these things, but he felt like I can't help it, right? So as a parent, I could have been, I could have like labeled him or said, or thought it was a behavioral issue or my, you know, my son's just lying to me or this or that, but I just knew in my mom, my mom heart that that wasn't it. So I talked to his teacher and I asked, you know, I, I get he needs consequences for his actions, but what if instead of sitting inside for recess, he had to go outside and pick up trash or he had to run laps? <clears throat> um, would you be willing to try that for a week? And she said, yes. So we did that. And I cannot tell you what a difference that made. Just that little change of not, you know, as his consequence, he didn't have to sit inside for reassess, but instead he got outside. And she, she, she called me <laughs> at the end of the week. She's like, I don't know what you've been doing at home. I think what she meant is, I don't know how you've been punishing at him at home, but he's a different kid. And that spoke to me. Not only that, I was so glad I listened to my mom's heart, but it was a simple change and it made the world of difference because what he needed as a nine, 10 year old boy was not to be punished and kept inside for recess. He needed to get that energy out. He needed to move his body, to calm his brain, to get some sunshine on his skin. And then he re-entered the classroom ready to focus and learn. So I would say to parents, when you have, I mean, these types of things show up in our lives every single day. And yes, we have the big things, the cancers, the Alzheimer's, all these things that are important, but we have these little things too that put together, they really make up our quality of life. And so when you can approach those little, things with curiosity and, um, and, and you find that breakthrough on the other side, it's just fantastic. So I would just encourage you to delve into these little things with curiosity and with a heart that um, on the other side of getting through that little obstacle or that big obstacle is so much freedom and so much um, of a, a, a vibrant life. So really delve into that because they're important. And you know, Hayden, you mentioned so so important you mentioned i just felt it in my heart that's called mommy brain you know you're reading the books about mommy brain was a kind of a derogatory statement initially that you forget your car keys your miss your appointment no mommy brain is real they've studied this when you grow a baby inside you grow an area in your brain like a gps that tells you as you said, I know in my heart what you're saying. I know in my mommy brain that something's not right and I'm going to fix it. So mommy brains, listen to them. They're real. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Well, I appreciate you guys and everything that you shared. I think that it's so great to be sharing your knowledge, but also giving back and serving in the way that you're doing. So I appreciate everyone in your work. If people want to pick up the book and I've got a chance to go through it, it it's really, you guys back it up with science. It's easily understood. Um, thankfully, Dr. Bill was in the game to make it readable and fun and not just uh, 
Dr. Vince and his uh, neurology and science, but uh, science. <laughs> <laughs> but it's all in there. And I feel like when we when we can combine those things and understand why we're doing something, it's going to give us the motivation necessary to make change. Because if we don't know why, we we might be uh, not as motivated. So where can people find the book or more about you guys and your work if they'd like to dive deeper? Um, I, the the best way to find us is on AskDrSears.com. That's where we have all of our stuff, as well as um, podcasts and weekly blogs and everything from the Sears family. Um, you can also be available on, on Amazon and I think all of your local book booksellers. That's where you can find the Healthy Brain book. And then for me, you, if, if people want to find me on Instagram, it's Hayden Sears one. I would love to connect with you personally. I share a lot of my anecdotes as a mom and a health coach. And um, so I'd love, I'd love to have you follow me and, and join me in my journey. And um, I'd love to get to know new moms from all across the world. Amazing. And, and Dr. Uh, Dr. Vince, do you have a separate site or are you all over there too? Uh, no, I have a site called Healthy Brain. Okay, and uh, from that dot uh, com, and uh, you or you can put my name in, and uh, all um, there'll be a lot of colorways uh, from the book that will explain certain subjects in more detail. Say it'd be sleep, if we had stress, etc. And um, so, if you'd like uh, that, yeah, that'd be just my name, and you'll see. Uh, not too many people have a name spelled F-O-R-T-A-N-A-S-C-E. It actually means in Italian, Fortanasce, means born strong. Mm. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm going to have to Google your uh, weightlifting photos. I, I kind of got into that uh, a couple of years ago. See how much It's very primal, you know, it's movement in a very singular way. So, um I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I wish you Thank all you. the best with getting the, the book and the word out there. And um, yeah, just thanks for coming on. Have a great day. Thank you, See you guys. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen, another amazing episode in the books. I hope that you found it educational, informative, and also practical so you can take some steps to creating and sustaining a healthy brain. I appreciate everybody who listens to the show right now uh, in these censorship days. If you could leave a review in iTunes, share the show, do whatever you can to get it out there. It's incredibly helpful. Consider becoming a patron and joining the Academy to get access to the absolutely phenomenal Soul Compass course. It is so amazing to see people go through there, the transformations, the upgrades that they have. Uh, I love seeing that and so would love each and every one of you guys to go through that soul compass course to experience that let me know what you think and share it with your friends and uh just thank you guys so much for your support there's some amazing shows coming down the line um so let's just wrap this up by coming to a state of peace and coherence wherever you are just stop what you're doing take in a deep breath in through your nose hold that breath and let it out slowly filling every cell muscle and fiber of your being with peace joy courage strength, curiosity, compassion, and ready to take on the rest of the day. So thank you so much for listening. We'll see you in the next episode. Peace.